Welcome back to the My Love of Golf podcast, bringing you another episode from down here at a beautiful location today at the National Golf Course in Cape Shank, and I'm joined by my very good friend from Airswing Media, Nick Wall. Nick Wall, how are you, sir? Very well, thanks, Ross. Thanks for having me. Hi, mate. Thank you very much for taking the time out of your very, very busy schedule to uh, join us here on the My Love of Golf podcast to help us understand and learn as much as we can about your world of the beautiful images of golf that you bring to us on a daily basis, it would seem. And uh, I'm really interested to find out uh, all about your story because, as you know, I've loved checking in with you and checking your images and checking all the stories that go behind it. And I guess this was a great opportunity to sit down and learn a little bit more about that and share it with, uh, share it with the world, Nick. Share it with the world. So what's brought you down to the gonna matter uh well thank you firstly for those kind words um i've i was lucky enough about six months ago to be approached uh from renaissance the dope guys tommy dope guys and they selected some photographers videographers from around the world to join them to start shooting some of tom's all tom's creations i was very lucky to be included in that and uh, yeah, about a month ago, uh, Tom holds a annual um, competition called the Renaissance Cup uh, in all of his new courses. And as you know, he's redesigned the Gunnamatta course here. Uh, so I got an invite to come down and um, yeah, it came down to, to join Tom and, and the boys and, and uh, it's been awesome. They've been, they've been everywhere. They've been playing all over the sand belt uh, and now we're here down at the National. So it's been good. Well, if there was ever an invite you wanted to get in golf, it's an invite to the Renaissance Cup, I'd reckon. Yeah. So, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's a pretty special place. Looking out over the... I think we're looking out over the 18th there in the, we in are the Gunnamatta. Absolutely, yeah. And, and, if, you, and if, yeah. You haven't, if you haven't seen the Gunnamatta course, and it's been open since... I think I played it in October. It was about a week before, yeah. a week or so later it opened for uh, the, the members. It is vastly different to what we've experienced before when it was the ocean course, and it's just stunning, a stunning redo of, uh, of that piece of land. But we can talk about that later. No Nick, how did you come about being one of the gun drone pilot videographers, <laughs> photographers, travelling every destination that you'd ever want to go to in the world, shooting some of the best, best images? Uh, it started a long time ago. Um, I was... I, I was, as a kid growing up, I loved taking photos. Uh, got to a point where everyone would remember, and I think they still have them these days, where you have your careers day. Uh, got to grade 11 in school and was wondering what the hell I was going to do with my life. And I went to a careers seminar and I was wandering around and looking at things. And I, I'll never forget this, but I saw a long-haired guy with dreadies at a desk, two blow-up palm trees, and I was instantly drawn to it. I had a chat to him and I said, what's this? And he said, oh, this is a... Ba- I, from memory, it was called a Bachelor of Leisure Management. And I thought, that's me. So I said, what do you do? And he said, well, the week of work experience is on Great Keppel Island. So I said, that's me. I'm in, registered. Uh, about four weeks before I was supposed to go, there was a cyclone up there and it destroyed a lot of the island there and they cancelled. So my careers lady got me in and said what else do you like to do? And I said, well, I love taking photos. She goes, I'll try and maybe get you into the Courier Mail in Brisbane. So she lined me up for the Courier Mail and then two or three days out, they cancelled for some unknown reason. And she said, what else do you like to do? And I said, I'm, I'm really not sure. I'm a bit confused. And she said, well, she said, what about Channel 9 TV? And I said, I'd love to give it a go. So fronted up to Channel 9 for a week of work experience they had just hired Wally Lewis, the king, to be the sports reporter. Spent a couple of days hanging out with the king. Couldn't believe what was going on. Went up in the chopper, uh, just saw it. Got to the end of the week and went, this is me. This is what I want to do. So my parents, in all of their wisdom, said to me, my mum actually said to me, well, why don't you go back every weekend till you finish school and hopefully they'll offer you a job. So I did. I went every weekend back and... I got to the end of the year and they said, go to schoolies. When you come back from schoolies, you've got a job on Monday morning. So I started there as an editor. I always wanted to be a cameraman back then, but then I started as an editor. And I'm stoked I started as an editor because I learnt how to edit, which is a big part of mm. my 
of my work now. Learned how to be an editor up there, stayed in Brisbane for a while, got what you, I guess you could call poached, went down to Canberra to the press gallery for three to four years, which was interesting. Um, I was 18, so politics was tough. You know, it, was, mm. it, was, it was hard to get excited about the politics, but uh, it was interesting. I learnt, learnt a lot and had a lot of great um, guys to teach me stuff and learnt a lot, had a lot of great guys to teach me stuff and then um, ended up with a couple of friends going overseas. Um, we shot a travel doco which ended up getting... Um, they made four series in the end of it. And um, What was that called again? Earthwalkers. It was the brainchild of a, of a friend of mine in Canberra. It went over about four years and we shot a lot of it. Ended up, funnily enough, ended up in London because I fell in love with a girl, as you do. Got to London, actually went home, quit my job, completely in love, quit my job, flew to London. She dropped me after two weeks. <laughs> And then I met my now wife a week later. Fantastic. At the fantastic, uh, people who've lived in London would know the Redback Tavern, that excellent Australian bar, mm -hmm. uh, uh, not around anymore. But yeah, met her there and, and um, ended up coming back to Australia uh, in 2003. Yeah, right. Yeah. So when you were going up to Channel 9 in Brisbane, yep. so you were on the Gold Coast, yeah? Uh, Toowoomba. Uh, Toowoomba, yeah, oh, right. So yeah, my folks were up in Toowoomba. Yeah, um, right. and so it's not exactly close to to Brisbane is it no it wasn't so it was you know I, I enjoyed it because I had an uncle a single uncle who lived there yeah right <laughs> so <laughs> drove up Friday night you know I you know, had, a, had a good time up there with him yeah. so fronted to work every day but yeah. still had a good time but yeah it was good it was you know it's 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 hard these days I guess to think about working for free for six months yeah. but you know if you show a bit of passion and a bit of willingness to learn uh, you know they'll people will take you on so what was that experience like in the chopper? You know, so that, that was the original drone, Yeah, I guess, in a photography sense? It was. It, exhilarating, did, yeah. Did you, did you have a perspective of what could possibly be achieved from a chopper with a, with a camera back then? I did, the, yeah. yeah. Good question too because I, I unfortunately could get, I get sick on a kid's swing these oh, days. Right. So <laughs> I, that week... I went up, we, we went to a few jobs and it was really cool and it kind of solidified that, you know, even though it was just chopper rides, but it solidified that this is what I wanted to do. But when I finally got the job and started becoming a cameraman, um, I started going up in choppers and I worked out quite quickly that I'd get, get pretty crook mm. a lot. Mm. And back in the day, we used to have this huge gimbal that used to slot onto the front of your camera. But you'd feel like you, what you were seeing through the lens, you would be a couple of seconds excuse me you'd be a couple of seconds behind what you're actually seeing out of your other eyes there's a delay mm -hmm. so it would make it even worse mm. and the worst thing was bushfires so whenever you're on around a bushfire you've got the heat coming up so the choppers would just bounce and yeah. bounce and it was it was amazing like i remember a couple of the I remember a couple of cool trips were um, when the seven. I was based on the Gold Coast uh, after that, and um, if the seven chopper wasn't available, you would hire a chopper out of SeaWorld. And they used to have a couple of cowboys there, and mm. a, lot of, a lot of the Kiwi guys actually. They were very good. They flew very low, very fast. <laughs> you know, I remember. I, I'll never forget. We were. We were, there was a, a, a trawler. Um, sink sunk off Morton Bay and we we went up from the Goldie and we um, I think at one stage I said I want to get a bit closer because they'd put a marker out in the ocean and I said I want to get up closer because I didn't have the the gyro lens to use so I said I, I need to get close to get a good shot of it and I think I, I my feet were almost in the water that's yeah. how close he got me but then on the way back he was flying so low and I remember I could see a guy fishing and he was just shaking his head and <laughs> it felt like we were about two metres above the breakers. So it was, it was exhilarating when I didn't spew. Yeah. But I held the record. I don't know if I still held the record. We did a bushfire up in Toowoomba, of all places. And I was sitting in the office in Brisbane and the chief of staff, I was the only, he knew I didn't like choppers because I used to get crook. And I'd just finished a Zinger burger. And he walked straight up and said, Nick, you're it. Chopper, bushfire. We flew there, f gut full of Zinger burger. We got near the fire. 
uh, filled a bag within a minute. And the pilot would say, he'd go, get rid of that bag. So we'd look and we'd go, oh, is that safe? So we were dropping it. And then he was, I heard the pilot laughing and he goes, the fiery's down below us saying, who's dropping that stuff from up? <laughs> who's probably dropped that in? Anyway, we, I, I went again maybe four or five times and on the way back, the pilot um, said to me, I think you've just broken the, or you're, you're equaled the record for the amount of spews in this chopper. Oh dear. And he, I said to him, oh, good, I don't want to break it. And then he went and he did this huge turn past the helipad, did felt like what's a free fall, and I broke it. Mm-hmm. So it was – but it was fun. It was awesome. Yeah. Well, the it was only, awesome. The only time I've ever had a helicopter experience was in New Zealand with a New Zealand pilot who <laughs> happened to have those same character traits. <laughs> uh, flying ridiculously yeah. fast in some uh, very, very rough terrain over mountains. Yeah. And the only person that got sick of the week that I was in and out of a helicopter was a Queenslander. Was a <laughs> yeah. There you go. So there you go. <laughs> It was, so, it was, it's funny enough too, I had a, one of my first trips was to Bamboogle, mm-hmm. uh, pre-drones. Right. And I hired a chopper out of Launceston and he was a Kiwi. And we put a GoPro on the front of the chopper and he said to me, oh, what do you want to do? And I said, I want you to go low and fast over the dunes. And my God, did he go low and fast. I ended up actually saying, we were down about on the 4th. And I said, let me out. So he landed on the fairway and I got out. And, and he then just, he, he, he cruised around out. and did it. But I'll never forget too because I, he said to me at one stage, I'm pretty sure I just saw a ball go past us. <laughs> and when we were in the clubhouse that night, a guy came up and said, oh, he was, he'd been having a few beers. He goes, I was trying to hit you, oh, you guys. With a, so it was, it was yeah, I've had, I've had some good fun in choppers. <laughs> So once again, the original drone, you've, pl- you've, is, you've yes. plugged a GoPro to the front yeah, of the helicopter, yes. gone down to Barnburgle and said, yes. just fly over there, mate. Yeah, it's, yeah, and I loved that, it. So you came back to Byron Bay in 2003 or back? I to did, yeah, yeah. No, I was on the Gold Coast for a little while and then we moved to Byron, yes. Yeah. So when did the air swing thing become a thing? Um, when, when did you realise that this was you? So I've, I've always wanted... I. I've played golf as a young kid. I, I, think, I think I started playing golf when I was about six or seven. I can't remember the exact date, but my dad was the most fanatical golfer you've ever met. And he worked really hard. My, both my mum and my dad worked really hard. And I would kind of, I'd caddy for him because it was my time with my dad when I was a kid. You know, he'd, he'd work hard and then he'd love, he'd, he'd always go and play his golf. So I started caddying for him and we'd hang out. And I learned a lot of stuff. You know, I caddied for him in club championships. I caddied for him when he won a club championship. I caddied for him when he, when he lost one. And, and I learned so much watching him play golf. And I always, I thought back then and when I left school, I was, was trying to work out how I could possibly get into golf because I kind of, I went away for a while. And then I, um, when I got back to the Gold Coast uh, and then moved to Byron, I was freelancing and I someone said to me oh have you heard about these drones and I said oh not what I thought they were talking about army drones and they said no 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 these you know these phantoms and they have a they have a GoPro on them and I looked it up I googled it straight away and 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 a friend of mine had one and he got one first and I ordered one and got one in and I remember it arriving and I lived at the time I lived uh, about 200 metres from the first tee at Byron Bay Golf Club. Uh, took it straight there, charged the battery up straight down to the par 3 third and flew it, got back, put it in the editor suite and it was just like a light bulb moment. It was like this is the future of golf photography and no one's doing it. And so straight away got a licence. Back then there was no legislation for drone licence so we had to get helicopter licences. Really? To get insured. Yeah, you didn't have to do the practical, thank God, because yeah. you'd never want to go up and chop with me yeah. but flying it. But you had to pass a, a um, theoretical exam yeah. to become a, a, to fly a drone or to, to mainly to get insurance to fly a drone. So um, got the got the licence, got into it, and first thing I did was I'd been down to Barnboogle to do some ground filming and, and from the chopper. Yep. And so rang up uh, the Sattlers there and said, and said to Biz, I want to come down and, and can I bring this drone? And she was really intrigued by it all and got three of the most beautiful barn boogle days, like windless days, like beautiful days and got some beautiful footage down there and it just kind of solidified that this is, this is what I want to do. 
And yeah, Biz took that over to the PGA Golf Show and someone saw it at the golf show and then anyone who's been to the PGA Golf Show, when you walk into the foyer, there's that huge screen and they had it up on the, fo- uh, on the screen in the foyer for three days. And yeah, and, and people came to the Biz at the, at the um, stand and said, oh, where's this, who did this? And so I started getting inquiries and pardon the pun, it kind of took off from there. Yeah. It's amazing. That's amazing, just putting the images up there in the PGA show. If there's ever anywhere you're going to put images up to get it noticed, that's the place. And yeah. It, so what happened after that? How did the inquiry start to come? Um, how, how did the business start to build? So, look, I just I started cold calling. Yeah. Like, I, I wanted to try and uh, – because no one at the time – there wasn't a lot of people doing it at the time, especially – I mean, there's a lot of, there was a lot of golf photographers, but not many doing drones. So I thought – you know, I've always was taught – from early on in the in the industry to keep the set the bar high you know um and it i became a perfectionist at that so by doing that so you know i started i worked out you know the best way to shoot things early morning late afternoon especially for golf courses most most things you shoot it's where your great light is so started cold calling a lot of people and saying you know i'd like to come down obligation free Mm -hmm. and i'd get some beautiful stuff, get some beautiful stills, and then I'd say to them, would you like to buy it? And they would all, and I'm, I'm still to this day, I'm still 100% on my obligation free. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, it started, and then, and then it started getting traction. Uh, word of mouth, obviously the golf industry, you know, everyone talks. So I, I was very lucky to, that, that people would recommend me and started working uh, on an app um, that the uh, Adam Scott's guys had developed. After that, they sent me around the world to do some footage for them, some drone footage. Uh, through, the, through the golf show um, contacts, I ended up getting uh, a gentleman named John McLaughlin from North and West Coast Links in Ireland, Northwest, who saw my footage at the show as well and said, I'd love to get you over to shoot some of my courses. So it was just very, you know, everyone needs a bit of luck and, yeah. and I was lucky that these people saw it. So, yeah, start, went from there and, and then, you know, it just built. So let's talk about some of the destinations then. So, you know, and this is where I start to get excited because I just love looking at beautiful images of parts of the world, whether I either have been um, or haven't been or or have yet to discover. And it's guys like yourself uh, that help people like me discover that and build a level of excitement about wanting to go there. So I think that your role is... Not just for the courses, but you know, your role is expands more than that. It it helps people understand what's out there and what to go and see. So, I, I love it for all of that. We talked a little bit off air before about the north and west coast of Ireland. Yeah, I've been there. I'm yeah. very passionate about that part of the world due to some family um, connections there. I've been there. You're pretty passionate about it too. What is it about that part of the world? I mean. F- Everyone always says the best hospitality in the world is is Irish, so that does help. It's I I, I first went there. This must be I think this is my fifth year. So I first when I first got there, I had four courses to shoot. One was Ardglass. It was Ardglass, Port Stewart, Ballyliffin, and Carn. Mm-hmm. And at that point. I'd only been shooting courses in Australia, so um, a lot of the you know the sandbelt courses, you know, unbelievable courses, but relatively flat. And I really I got there and where, first course I, I think I actually first course I shot was Ardglass, which was the first thing I saw was a sign on the wall that said we are the oldest clubhouse in the world. Don't quote me. It was I think it was fifteen hundreds or something. It was incredible. So. And then putting the drone up and seeing these landscapes and seeing where I was and these holes with water carries and it blew me away. And then that night, and the, 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 they were so they're so passionate about golf in Ireland. And then they take you out for Guinness at night. So you know you go over there for two weeks and it take you two weeks to get over it. <laughs> and um, I then went up into the northwest and it just blew me away how beautiful it is up there. Everyone has always said to me in Ireland that most people fly into Dublin and they just go straight west to Galway and then they head south. Yeah. You know, and of course, you've got Ballybunion, uh, Waterville, all those uh, La Hinch, beautiful courses. But I got introduced to Ireland straight into the northwest. So in, if you're wanting to look at the map and where we're talking about, it's the county 
Donny Gall. Donny Gall. Uh, County Mayo, County Sligo. Yes, that, yeah, that yeah, sort of so, area? yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Toward Connemara, Connemara also, yep. also went to Connemara, um, and just recently was in La Hinch for the Irish Open. It's it's the short drives like you've got some of the most incredible golf courses in the world there, and it's about an hour hour and a half between each. Mm. At that stage, Barnboogle was kind of my it was my spiritual home. I, I spent a lot of time with my dad, so we I loved going there. Um, I then on the third year I went to a, a course called Rossapenna. Mm. Uh, in uh, Donegal and it's now become my number one, my favourite place yeah. in the world. It's incredible, absolutely incredible. And I've got to know the family who own it and run it there and um, yeah, and, and Tom's building a new course there as well. It's, I was t- actually, I was talking to someone in the clubhouse here today, just north of Donegal, Mervar Golf Links is um, a place called Sleeve League. It's the, it's the highest... Um, outcrop of, of rocks, coastal rocks in Ireland. It's I think I can't remember how much higher it is than um, Cliffs of Moa, but it's it's incredible. And I was up there, and there was a guy selling ice creams, and I said to him, and I got there at two o'clock because you know the weather was crazy, so I was just hoping for some kind of sunshine. And I got up there at two o'clock, and I was sitting there with him, and we became great mates after about two hours as the Irish are. And and I think they had about five to ten people up there. And it's the most stunning place you've ever been. And mm. I said to him, what, where is everyone? He said, oh, no, they all go down south, you know. Mm. And I said, it's just incredible. Up here. Yeah. He goes, oh, he goes, we, we kind of like it a bit up here yeah. like this. But now it's really starting to open up. Now there are a lot of people starting to travel there and they're starting to realise. And, and it's, it competes with every, anywhere in the world, yeah. anywhere. And it's nice to have been a part of it because I'm helping. I feel like I'm kind of helping in a way to get people there. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, no, like, and like it's a good before. feeling. Mm-hmm. No. So Rosapenna, so they're a building, they're in the process of building a new links there at Rosapenna? Correct, yes. So already ha- there's the two courses there? There is. There's yeah. the old Tom Morris yeah. and, and Sandy and yeah. Sandy Hills. Um, so Tom Morris, you know, the good Scotsman, travelled down there as he, did, as he did to La Hinch. Uh, yes. But, but went up there to Rosapenna, yep. laid out the original foundations for their yep. links. Yep. What's Tom doing on the uh, St. Patrick's links? What, uh, so you've, you've been part of that journey right from the to start I have yeah yeah so uh, he announced that uh, he was building a course there Um, I know from what I've heard is he always wanted to build a course in Ireland yeah and it's it's the most beautiful piece of land it's Rosapenna is uh, in Sheephaven Bay Uh, you've got uh, Muckish I think I pronounced that right Muckish they call it Muckish mountain in the background and it looks down over Sheephaven Bay and I got to go there just after he'd routed it and walked around with Frank Jr., who's the director of golf there, and, you know, it's unbelievable. And I think it's just going to it's gonna blow people away. I've been photographing the last... I've photographed it three times in the last 18 months, and to watch these holes come together is just phenomenal. And, and watching the shapers too. Like, yeah. I've got a whole new respect for shapers. Uh, it's incredible. So on uh, Thursday... As you know, I had uh, nine holes with Frank, Frank yes. Jr., and uh, also Angela. Yes. Wow. Mo- a, Moser on a dozer. Absolutely, oh Moser on a dozer. <laughs> and what, a, what, a, what an impressive uh, young lady she is, just so passionate about what she's doing. And, yeah. you know, she was talking about walking the routing there at St. Patrick's Links. Yeah. She was talking about her transition. I'd love to have a chat to her on uh, this sort of <laughs> thing because, uh, as I always say, my brother was a grain keeper of the family, not me, but uh, I'm fascinated by... Anyone that's driving a dozer and pushing shapes and making the sorts of shapes that we're looking at over there now, and yeah, yeah I'd, I'd love to have a go. I, I fancy myself. I fancy myself as a bit of a dozer driver, you know, and that's probably the, the more the infatuation. I don't. I wouldn't mind having a little bit of a go of a skid steer. I'm just seeing if I uh, seeing if I don't know, but I, I wouldn't yeah. mind having a little bit of a go. It's impressive watching her on a dozer. Yeah. I was I was sitting there. She'd kind of jump in and she'd actually she built a bunker. Hey, I was just. It, very impressed yeah. how she drove that dozer, and 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 the shapers are incredible. You know, it's they're just going round and round and round. And I remember Clyde, who was working on there, a, a great guy. He said, "I was watching him going round and round and round." And I was going, "What are you doing, going round and round and round?" He goes, I'm, it, "It needs to be perfect. Yeah. We're getting it perfect." And I'd get dizzy, yeah. but he, they just, it's incredible. And, you know, and fair play to Tom, you know, whenever you talk to Tom about his creations, he always says, you know, it's not just me, it's my team. Yeah. He has a great team. Yeah. They're incredible guys. 
you know. Well, I met Clyde briefly the other day as well. And, and uh, girls. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I met Clyde and, uh, yeah, you could, within 10 minutes you could see, you know, his yeah. eye, he, he was sitting at Kingston Heath waiting to get out there. His eyes were wide open. Yeah. He, he was like a... He was like a hungry dog waiting to get yeah, out there and, and just see the shapes. And Angela they're infectious. Was just, they really are. Angela was just taking photos after photo after photo. I said, oh, would you like me to take one with you? And she said, yeah. I don't want yeah. me in it. I want, yeah. that, I want yeah. that bunker in that shadow <laughs> and I want to see what that is so I can look at it and go back and, and yeah. study it. So yeah. it, was, it was fascinating. It's, it's, it's amazing. Like, you know, people say to me, because I'm now doing a lot of photography and videography, I look at courses now not really how they play anymore, it's how they photograph. Mm. So kind of when I go to a golf course, I'm kind of looking at it like, oh, where where are the north south holes? You know, because they're going to be the best yeah, for light. For light yeah. Where I've but I've played golf with the um, the Renaissance girls and guys. You know, it's like they're every time when they're looking at how things are uh, how it's been developed and the bunkers and mm. that's incredible. It's yeah. Let's keep talking a little bit of travel for a moment. So yep. in that. Donegal Park, because as I say, every time I talk about that part of the world, I, I get a little bit emotional and it rem- reminds me of so much to do with my life. Where, where else were your favourite parts up there, mate? In Ireland? In, in that part of Donegal. Uh, look. There was one that we were talking about there before that was pretty special, a little nine-holer. Yes, so ever since I've been going to Rossapenna, there has been, um, there's, everyone's always said to me, you've got to go to Critch Island. And they said it's a little nine-hole course, and so like, and I think three. It's, it took me three years, and they just kept saying, "Got to go to Critch, got to go to Critch," but I'm usually move, trying to move quite quickly, and I and I finally I was actually down south, and I was travelling to Rossapenna, and I thought, "Look, I'll just drop in," and the forecast was raining, and it was raining the whole way, uh, and I called in. And as you know, you've been there. You go across that kind of tidal bridge, mm-hmm. which in itself is awesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, and got there and it was really raining hard. And I went to the clubhouse and I looked in through the window. No one around, not a soul. <laughs> and thought, oh, I wonder, maybe they're just shut because it's raining. And then, then a group of four American guys turned up in a hire car and they're like, yeah, hey, man, like, where do we pay? And I was like, oh, I'm, to be honest, I've never been here. I don't know. And they said, where, where's the first tee? And I said, I don't know. I can't go to it. And then they, I said, maybe there's an honesty box. So we actually started looking for an honesty box. And one of them joked, I'll just mail them a check, you know. And <laughs> anyway, yeah. then, then it really bucketed down. And they left. And then I met, I, I think from memory, there was one greenkeeper and he had a helper. So there were two people looking after that nine-hole course. And I, I went for a walk and I found them and they took me to the shed. They got a shed down by the third, I think. And we sat, we sat out the rain and, and it, the forecast was still to be horrible all night. And we chatted. I had a chat to him for about an hour and, and he had a very thick Donegal accent. It was tough to understand. And... We talked and he left and then he said, oh, he's just going to clear, it's going to clear and it'll be a beautiful night. And I was looking around going, ah, oh, I don't think it's going to be a beautiful night. But I sat there and it, everything just, all the, it's like the clouds parted and it got unbelievably beautiful. The light went absolutely beautiful. And then the American guys turned up, they came back. And I had walked over the hill to the little par three, mm. which you know, yeah. double water carry. Yeah. And I was blown away yeah. by this hole. And I, then I started realising this is why they wanted me to come, to see these holes. And I walked back and I ran into the American guys and I said, and I said you are going to play one of the best par threes you'll ever play in your life in about 10 minutes. And they were like, oh, Chip, you know, this, this guy reckons he, we're going to... And they were going, what's this guy smoking? And, uh, <laughs> and they were going, better than Cyprus? And I was like, yeah, better than Cyprus. I've never been there, but played along and... About two hours later, I was leaving and they were leaving and they ran over to me and they were absolutely beaming and going, mm. oh, my God, like that was the best thing. That was unbelievable. Mm. And that's what the place is like. It's, it really is unbelievable. Yeah, it's a, it's a pretty special place and it means a lot to me because it was my late uncle's favourite uh, little part of golf in the world he wasn't much of a golfer but uh, he spent a lot of time in Donegal because his uh, daughter my cousin got married over there to a, a Donegal man so when he passed away I, you know I went and sorted out and yeah. he, on my wife's side yeah, my father and father-in-law was from Donegal so you know we've got a pretty strong connection and you know I, I think because we're talking to golfers 
they'll understand. But you can have those surreal, yeah, you know, almost. Uh, I don't know how to correctly articulate it, but those moments where you just can't get back and you want to last forever. Absolutely, and couldn't and, agree more. And that was my night at uh, at Critch Island, and it had been a pretty special day because we went out, out to Aaron Moore Island in the morning, and it, once again it, it was absolutely bucketing down. Yeah, and. Like the cliffs you uh, described before, the cliffs of Moa or the Sleeve Cliffs yep. on Aramore Island, they've got equally similar sized cliffs. And I took a driver and a ball out there and I wrote a little note at uh, on it. And um, maybe it wasn't environmentally appropriate, but I did send <laughs> that ball off the cliff with a little note to my <laughs> uncle because his ashes are spread there. Yeah, and awesome. and then that afternoon went out to to Critch, and like you said. The, the clouds parted. I had a beautiful, clear afternoon. I was out there by myself. I was the only person on the whole place. Yeah. And I just... It's surreal. Played every hole and just took my time, played a few balls and just really sucked it in. And yeah. um, so I'm glad that I'm sitting here talking to someone else that's had that type of experience there and you've got some great images and you can find them on your Instagram page of that place. And I find myself occasionally flicking back to them and having a little, a little moment of uh, reflection and recollection and... Uh, yeah, so it's good to talk to someone that's been to that part of the world because not many people have. No. It's still largely absolutely un, untapped and untouched. Absolutely. I think there's maybe only two or three bunkers on the whole place. There's not many at all. Yep, and yep, absolutely. So, uh, and yeah. I, d- I didn't have my clubs. Yeah. So I said to the greenkeeper, do you have an old set of clubs anywhere? And he said, oh, we've, we've got a stick here somewhere. And he found this 1980s, 97 iron yeah. and two very old balls. And he said, that's all we have. And he gave it to me and I went straight over, sculled the first shot straight into the water. Mm. And I just wanted to play the par three. So I walked over to the par three. I had a, you know, the wind had picked up by then. I had like a probably a 40, 50k an hour uh, breeze into me and tried to hit a seven iron, seven iron. So I've played the par three, but that's, that's it. A bit. Well, I think I, I rated that. They've got a little um, straw basket on the counter in the bar yeah. with one euro balls in there yeah. and I was getting pretty low I was getting pretty low on balls by this days so I'd played down at Dunfanny I'd played down at Mervar and I yeah. lost quite a few balls so I was getting pretty low and I was buying there every one euro titleist that I could find <laughs> <laughs> and I lost most of them that afternoon too because I didn't know where I was going but uh. it was I didn't care so um anywhere else over there so you went to Mervar did you beat uh, yeah you so um I, I've, I do. I pretty much do a bit of a run now. Um, I start in Dublin. Um, last year, I got to visit uh, County Louth, Baltrae. Oh, yep. Beautiful. Yep. Uh, I also got to visit the island. Another stunning course. Mm-hmm. Royal Dublin as well. And they had a they had a real really horrible summer a couple of years back, uh, and they've all bounced back really well from that. They're all looking beautiful now. All those courses. Um, I then go. I did Royal County Down last year, which was a highlight. Absolutely. And had the most beautiful weather, beautiful weather. Um, and then I go up to Ardglass. I then head up to – I've been shooting Portrush. So when Portrush was having the o- held the Open, I've been shooting there for three years, so it was incredible. I stayed in Airbnb that overlooks – you know, it's seven, I think it was se- it's 70 pound and it overlooks the fifth hole. It's just stunning. There's little block of houses up behind the fifth tee. Uh, so it was just that – the Open last year was unbelievable to see that there and to to be played at a place that I've been shooting for that that, that many years. Um, then I go over to Port Stewart, which held the Irish Open mm-hmm. as well. So uh, Castle Rock, which is another stunning course. Over to Inishowen Peninsula to Ballyliffin, mm-hmm. which creamed it two years ago at the Irish Open. Everyone said it's too far away. No one will go. Broke uh-huh. all records. Phenomenal crowds. Yeah. In- incredible and if you know that part and i think i've talked about this on the podcast before but if you know if you've been to that part of the world you know it's there's no major highways in and out of no, there it's it's two it's not. two lane roads fairly windy absolutely it's not. yeah they're nice well tired roads but they're, yeah. they're pretty small oh it is and to get the amount of people up there and, and and that's when i start thinking about australian golf and i get a little bit frustrated and worked up so we'll, we'll, yeah but it was amazing to see how many people oh it was incredible there. and you know that, and that's testament to the gm there john farron like he you know, it, all, all of these guys in Ireland and all these courses, they're so passionate about their course. Yeah. And, and, it's, and they've become, all become very good friends because um, you know, I love working with passionate people. Yeah. And they get you – know, imagery these days is, is – it's important. It's important, especially with social media. I mean, there's a lot – 
there's a lot of golf courses in a lot of different areas and you're getting it once you're getting the imagery into the forefront of people's minds you you see it organically you know i see stuff being shared in the states of irish courses aussie courses all over the place and you see going oh you know maca you know we haven't we, have, we haven't played there since last year and and it's great and and it's the the color of course in that northwest compares to anywhere mm. i i think and i haven't done a huge amount of scotland but you know i'm i mean i'm i'm pretty i'm getting a bit biased towards the northwest because i love it so much but it's uh it's it's beautiful and the people you know it's the full package you know it's it's maybe, really good maybe we need to have a little trip to scotland again <laughs> yes, you know? I, i'm yes. happy to be the driver <laughs> well uh-huh. it's it's untapped for me scotland and i've been really really wanting to go to scotland well, I really spe- want to go to Scotland. I speak the lingo, so that's not an issue. <laughs> I know the way. I know some people there, so oh, it's uh, incredible. I, I would. Uh, but yeah, I work my way down the coast, and um, Rosapenna obviously next, then into Mervar, Donegal, which yep. is beautiful course yep. there too. Yep. I don't want to miss any, so I'm going to make sure I, uh, I mention them all. Uh, Enniscrone, oh, and beautiful Port New. Portnew? Oh, sorry. Yeah, yes, sorry. Yeah, yeah thank you. Narran and Portnew, yeah. which is great. And to be able to... I think Narran and Portnew, the second hole, I think it's one of the most beautiful holes you'll yeah. ever play. Across the water there, the yeah. TRPI across yeah. the water. Yeah. Unbelievable. Um, so Narran and Portnew is beautiful too there. And went down to... Uh, sorry, um, yeah, down into um, Enniscrone, yeah. which is a beautiful course. Great to shoot. Very beautiful to shoot. Uh, sorry, and Port Salon. Oh, yeah. So in Rosapena, you've got about a 20-minute drive over to Port Salon. Yep. Sorry, that's where that best hole is. Sorry, not narrow and important. No? Best hole at Port Salon there. And then down Enniscrone, down to uh, Khan. Bell Mullet. Yeah. So Bell Mullet. County Mayo, which is, yeah. Bell, Bell Mullet is the hometown of my mother-in-law. There you go. There you go. <laughs> and that is, that's a phenomenal place. Like the, big, big dunes, yeah. I've not been there. But no, uh, the, I mean, the amphitheatre. I was desperate... You know, when we're in Australia, you know, you have a lot of people playing Twilight. But in Ireland, there's not a, peop- a lot of people that play Twilight. And, you know, it doesn't get dark till 10 o'clock, yeah. 10, 11 sometimes. And I love having someone sometimes in the shop for some scale. And if I've ever wanted to show scale, it's calm. Yeah. Because you, the dunes there are so big. And you've got these natural amphitheatres of these greens. And, yeah, Khan's always been one of my favourites too because it's just... You're down in fairways and, you know, you've got to pick the right time to shoot these holes because they're so deep that, you know, you're losing the sun on yeah. these fairways quite early. Yeah, yeah right. So, and, and, and Khan's beautiful. Um, Connemara as well. I went to Connemara a couple of times, hoping to get back again. Uh, and then just recently last year, kind of did some stuff around Galway as well. And then also went down, started to delve. I hadn't done much stuff in the south, so I've started to delve a bit into the south. So Bally Bunyan, which was unbelievable, blew me away. But yeah, it's it's really special. It's my favourite trip of the year. Did you, could, did you reach out to Donald and just say, you know, can I do <laughs> Doom, Donald? Donald, can I do Doom Big for you? Yeah. I called in there, but it was actually around the time that he was visiting. Oh, right. So there was security everywhere. Oh, really? So, yeah, you couldn't get actually past. Um, you couldn't, they, had, they had Secret Service all lined around the place. So you Jeez. couldn't. I just wanted to get in there and have a little wander, but it was all shut, unfortunately. I, uh, I had a coffee there. I had a coffee. Yeah, I, had a coffee. Yeah. I had a coffee there. That, and tra- and, and Funnily enough, uh, well, not surprisingly, it's called Trump's Bar. <laughs> yes, of a co- course. Had a coffee there. <laughs> the video that you made for uh, La Hinch was a good advertisement for that part of the world. I got approached by the... Um, so I do, I've been working... The, the head of um, European Tour is an Irish guy. He's a very, very passionate Irish guy. And he's been getting... He got me down. When Bally Liffin held it, um, they got me down to across to do kind of some shots of all the surrounding areas which was very easy to do because it's so beautiful. And then when it was held in La Hinch, I got to do three weeks in County Clare. I'd never been there before. And again, just... Yeah. Pretty special place. Unbelievable. So if we leave Ireland for a moment, yep. where, where else has been a, a standout venue for you that uh, uh, comes to mind that you'd like to share because you had a great experience or something happened there? Yep. Um, love New Zealand. Yeah. Really do love New Zealand. I've been lucky enough to be shooting a lot in Taraiti. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, that place speaks for itself. Yeah. It's, it's just stunning. It's such a beautiful place to shoot. Very hard to shoot a bad shot there. Yeah. Very, very hard. The South Island as well. Um, I did some stuff at the Hills last year, which was beautiful, just before the New Zealand Open, which was beautiful. 
I've started doing a lot more work in Asia now as well. Um, I did an incredibly cool course up in Shanghai that um, local Melbourne guys OCM redeveloped, which if you'd seen the course before and what it is now, it's, it's unbelievable what they've done. And starting to go to Vietnam in a couple of weeks. And it's, yeah, Asia's, I, love, I do a lot of work at Sentosa, which is another beautiful place. It's in Singapore, yeah? Singapore, yeah, yeah. So I mean, my, my heart still, I still love the sand belt. Mm. But it's, I want to start kind of maybe moving into a little, trying to do a little bit more in Europe as well. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, been, it's been a great ride and, and hopefully I'll start moving into other parts as well. So Look, if you ever get the call up to go to Morfontaine and, and you need someone to you know, <laughs> charge the batteries, I'm more, more than happy to charge the batteries, mate. <laughs> I'd love to see that place. I'm interested, because you know, you're not the only one that does this, yep. as we discussed. Talking about the sand belt, you know, how, how does that work? You know, there's, there's yourself and there's Gary and there's probably some other people. Yep. Do, do they all value different opinions or different perspectives or different... Yeah, or they do, they yeah. do. Um, I've met a lot of golf courses I kind of shoot will say to me, you know, we, we might use you this year, but we might use someone else next year. Yep. And it is because what we do is very subjective. Mm-hmm. You know, I... I try, when someone says, can you come to this course, I never Google imagery. Yep. Because I want to go in there with a clean mind of and shoot my own thing. Yep. If I end up shooting stuff that's been shot before, because, you know, you do gravitate. You know, you go to Cape Kidnappers, you gravitate to that spot. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of, I do notice a lot of courses will use different photographers, which is great because you're always getting a different take on things. Yeah. What I like to do is try and blow them away that they want you back the next year yeah, as well. Absolutely. But I like, you know, a lot of my passion is video. Mm. Um, stills, I've been taking stills all my life, but then I moved into video for a long time. Um, I love, I, I call it like the goose pimple test. I, I will edit a video and if I don't get goosebumps from it, I'll go, nah, it's not, it's not ready. And I'll change it. A lot of my time, my spare time, I spend trawling music sites. Mm-hmm. And I think music is as important as anything. You know, I want people to immerse themselves, even if it's a one-minute video in Instagram, I don't want them to look away for that one minute. You know? And that's, that's the key, I think, is drawing them into that and keeping that high level of imagery where it's cinematic. You know? it's, I think ever, there's so many good guys around the world that do it and I love doing it. It's just I'm, you try and create a point of difference, yeah. you know, and I try and do that through editing uh, and things like that. But it's, um, you know, you try and keep the bar high. What do people ask you when they, when they fire a question at you on Instagram? What are the sorts of things that they uh, come at you with? Look, I actually find that a lot of the comments usually are tagging friends yeah. saying, we, we've got to play here. And, that, and that's what it's about and that's what the tool is great for is that if that brings, you know, a group of eight guys and mates to these courses, I, I, get, I get little questions here and there about what hole's that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm hopeless at that, about what hole. I sometimes <laughs> have to look it up and I get it wrong. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's incredible uh, seeing and, it, and it, it, it feels like I'm doing my job right when I get someone comment, we've got to go here. We've got to get back there because that's what it's about, getting those people coming back again and again. Um, so that's, that's – I, I see social media as that tool to get – you know, really get people to get back to the course and play more golf. I've always appreciated your, uh, your feedback and your comments. You know, whenever I've left a comment and you always come straight back to me and I really, really do appreciate that and I'm sure as you do – have done for a lot of other people that I get to see. So it's hard sometimes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I get it. it you know, the, the when I get home, I, I'm trying to kind of hang out with the kids and the yeah. wife as much. So yeah. I, you sometimes you do. You know what it's like. You sometimes you let them go, but you try and loop back eventually. Well, this is your way to tell everyone that you love them. And, and you yes, it is absolutely. <laughs> what about the advent of drones and it becoming more commonplace? And and people like me, you know, I have a drone. I like to pop it up where I'm allowed to. Yep. What do you think that – what's that done? You know, is that just fanning this uh, insatiable appetite for good images, you know, people, that people have got their own drones, or is there problems there? Or I don't No, know. I don't think so. I think, um, you know, it's – obviously there's a lot of laws now around mm-hmm. what's going on. Yep. Um, you know, you, they, you skirt the line of what's commercial and what's not, 
but I think you know it's any anything anything that gets and draws some attention to your course. Like I, I know a lot of the lot of the courses put imagery up. They take their own photos and mm. a lot of do the imagery, and it's got to be good. I mean, it's as long as they're getting me back, that's great. But you know, it's I think anything that's drawing attention to your course is great. Everyone's learning more about drones, and they're becoming a lot easier to use. Back in the day. There was a there was a little more to it. Yeah, it's it is being like the great thing too is now that there's sensors on all the drones. Yeah, so it is hard to crash a drone. Um, but yeah, I th- I think it's I think it's great that people are using them. I mean, as long as it's it's you know, safety obviously yeah. is the main thing. But I think anything that's drawing attention to the courses, you know, and you can see you see people put shots up and there's they're learning. You're learning mm. how to treat because yeah. you know you spend you probably spend more time doing post production than you do on actually shooting the jobs. Mm. You know you get back and you color grade and you do your post on your photos. Yeah, it's I th- I think it's a good I think it's a good thing. I mean anything that's drawing attention to your golf course is good. So all of the images have some post. Attached? Yeah, 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 they do. Yeah, so I mean without getting too technical, you know you shoot a lot of your video you shoot in like a, what's called a flat color profile mm-hmm. and then you put the color back in yeah, so right. you're pulling i mean golf courses you know the, the best time to shoot golf courses is when there's shadows yeah. um you're pulling and pushing shadows up and down yeah. in post yeah. um so yeah you do you do spend i do spend a lot of time on post um and that's why i hope could be a bit of the point of difference there but it's easy to learn yeah yeah it's it is easy to learn it's yeah it's good Mobile phones are taking pretty good photos these days, aren't they? Someone told me a couple of months back that there's been a couple of golf magazine front covers done on iPhone 11s. I, I heard yeah. a similar story the other day. Yeah. That, uh, I can't remember who was telling me the story, but uh, they were basically saying that someone had turned up to shoot a course, one of the magazine guys, and uh, they had a colleague there, and the colleague said, where's all your gear? He said, mate, I just stood on this. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. So, yeah, I know. I know, it's scarily becoming good. Have you had any, uh, you know, talking about drones crashing, you know, everyone's got a, you know, I nearly, I nearly lost my drone one day. Have you ever lost a drone? Yeah, I, ha- I, ha- I haven't lost one completely. I had a, I had a bit of a, a, a crazy one. We were, we were out doing a doco for an English company who um, we were out at a, a cattle property called Lake Nash, which was out in the middle of, uh, I think, out of Longreach, and... We'd invested in a huge drone, a heavy lift drone, and it was very dusty out there. And we had we'd shot three days, and we were the last shot was getting a shot of this plane coming in, and the the sun was going down, and we were we were worried like there was sun was going down fast, and we were, the the plane came around and did a, a little orbit and came in and landed, and we got the shot, and we all got excited and. High fived and excuse me, high fived and and everyone went right. I bring the drone down and it just was stuck there, up in the air. Yeah, and we were going. Yeah, up, right. up, up, up. And I was controlling the camera and I had a um, a crew guy with me controlling the drone, and he said uh, it's not responding, and it cost us a lot of money this drone, and we started freaking out a bit, and then it just went and took off. And we had a guy, we had a mustering chopper, and he he basically said, "I'll chase it." So he kind of stayed at a safe distance and followed it. And he was giving his commentary on the way as a country guy is giving his commentary the whole way. Oh, you know, she's come. Oh, she stopped. No, nope. she's all, off. We go again. Anyway, he chased. He goes. She stopped, and then he went, and she's fallen. So she dropped, and. Um, that was probably that was that was the worst one yeah, I ever right. had. Of the worst thing you could ever get is a face full of trees. Sorry, a screen full of trees. Yeah. That's scary. Yeah. You know, like you'd be you know, you're watching the trees, you're watching your trees, you look down at the iPad, you're watching the trees, and then you look down at the iPad and then you've got a screen full of trees. Most of the time you can get out of there, but I haven't had any bad ones. No. Any advice for anyone, like in, more so in, in being careful with drones if they are going to use them? You know, like I know down here at the National there's a drone policy. You're not yep. allowed to take a drone out. Yep. I think most yep. courses these days yep. are like that. You probably shouldn't just rock down to the local golf course and pop a drone up, should you? No, absolutely yeah. not. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, in, for a lot of reasons, but yeah, yeah. Because yeah. there, there are a lot of guidelines that you have to follow and for yourself, you know, you've very, very um, – 
extensively licensed to be able to yep. do what you do in terms of insurances and all of that. Absolutely. So it's not as simple as just popping a drone up and just whizzing down there. Mate, um, is there anything else that we should need to need to cover off in the in the story of air swing media? So um, no, look, I, I'm and just yeah, I'm just going to keep doing what I do, and and like I'm hoping to kind of start you know branching and, and visiting some more countries. Um, got a couple of pretty cool little projects in the pipeline yeah. that I'm hoping for nice. this year. Yeah, yeah, it's just I'm really really loving what I'm doing. I'm loving the support I get on social media. I mean, everyone is everyone in the golf industry is passionate, mm. and you see it through the through everything through yeah your podcast. You see it through social media. The comments you get, it's really nice when you get good comments. Kind of really um, gives you a buzz that what you're doing is is working, and it's and it's getting people playing more golf. And in the end, it's about getting people playing more golf. Yeah. Well, right? as we said, it's getting people looking at golf courses, getting them interested about getting out there and doing it in different places, different parts of the world. As we know, we need as many people as we can to get down here and see the sand belt, see the different parts of Australia that you know maybe got affected by fires. There's plenty yep. of golf courses out there still open for business. So if you're listening to this over whatever part of the world you are, we're still here. We're open for business. Absolutely. Get down here. Where can we check you at, Nick? On the, where, Where's the best place to look at? Look, uh, look, look yeah, I, I, I try and, and keep my Instagram up to date airswing media on instagram um I'm, and my website airswing.com.au yep. but yeah um on, and facebook as well if we like a print if we like an image can we buy it absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. um i do i do actually supply prints mm-hmm. i've been so busy in the last I, I, a year ago i said i'm gonna do prints and i bought a printer and then just yeah a year just went flew past yeah but yeah it can do yeah can do yeah absolutely okay so is that any any image like if someone goes on there and has a look at that beautiful image of critch island from out over the atlantic and looks back at that yeah yeah absolutely any size yes yeah yeah yeah, i've got i've got a very large format printer now so can do gigantic yes excellent well there you go if you're looking for a present for your favorite golfer Maybe consider one of Nick's beautiful images from some part of the, the golfing landscape from some part of the world. I'm sure there's something that you can uh, get your eyes into and that would be a very, very nice little gift, I must say. So I might get one myself. Nick, I really appreciate your time. Um, I've loved following you along and thank you for letting me come down and join you down here with your friends from the uh, Renaissance Group. Good luck. Oh, no, you're not playing. You're here working. Yes. Um, <laughs> But uh, well, good luck to the other guys that are here playing. Mate, thanks very much. I look forward to staying in touch. Maybe I'd love to uh, check in with you one day when you're overseas and uh, come and see what you do. Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Ross. Pleasure. Mate, no problems. And thank you for listening again. Until next time on the My Love of Golf podcast, we'll see you again. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.